to NURFM and you're listening to Finance at the moment. Barry Preston. We have our guest today with 30 years plus experience in the financial markets as an equities and derivatives trader, during which time he controlled the Macquarie Bank's trading business and a number of years as a professional trader himself, now a senior advisor with Cameron Stockbrokers and also a lovely face for TV he presents every now and then on Sky News Finance. How are you, Henry? Good, thanks, Barry. How are you? I'm very well indeed. That's good. Okay, let's dive into it very quickly. These commodities, we talk about commodities, we pick gold, uh, we talk about oil, we talk about copper, nickel and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Now, I found no price significant movement over the past couple of months in many commodities. They've been up, they've been down and they've been fairly stable. Copper, nickel, tin and oil, of course. Uh, one would have expected oil to be really surging because of the uh, world tensions. What's your opinion? Um, well, we have seen, I mean, at the end of, uh, or in December last year, the commodities were a little bit on the nose, and we have seen a bit of a recovery in uh, the first half of this year, as have equity markets as well. Oil certainly has uh, has failed to break out to what uh, some people were predicting on the back of this political instability, but um, it did have a bit of a pullback last night as well. There's a number of factors at play, I guess, in that the U.S. and both France have talked about releasing some of the strategic stockpiles, and also Saudi Arabia has talked about uh, raising its production. So although it got to sort of 110, it's now back to uh, around the 105 level, which yeah. probably takes a little bit of pressure off inflation and a little bit of pressure off the consumer in the U.S., where uh, the price of the gallon of fuel was uh, starting to creep up towards that $4 a gallon level. Mm, very interesting, that one. Tin, for instance. Tin is a commodity on the London Stock Exchange. I think we use about nearly 400,000 tonnes of tin a year in the yeah. world, yet it only has about 11,000 tonnes as far as uh, the commodity on the stock exchange. Very expensive, and it's taking the place of solder. I thought tin would have been a little bit higher. Um, yeah, I mean the uh, the big the big uh, use of tin these days is, as you rightly say, it's, uh, it's the European Union has mandated that you can't use lead in solder now for uh, for uh, mobile devices and all the other sorts of electronics that we use. So um, so tin definitely has had uh, a bit of a resurgence, but it is a bit of a forgotten metal. Um, I think I guess the uh, the big hedge funds and the big uh, exchange traded funds have been concentrating on copper and gold uh, and maybe to an extent nickel and tin does get a little bit left behind as sort of the uh, one of the forgotten metals unfortunately mm, interesting now there are a number of companies at the moment on the Australian stock exchange raising funds from investors through income securities hybrids corporate notes yeah uh, and I've seen these PDSs and they're 102 pages long and so forth they seem to take issue they seem to make the issues quite clear now as far as risk and all, all those sort of things. And ASIC, I've read recently an ASIC warning, general warning to the investing public about these investments. Now, I wonder why they don't have it more about shares where they're hitting on one sort of product and not necessarily shares. Is it because these things are new? Um, I guess it's 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 a it's a new product. Um, I mean, it's not new really for the market, but it's it's quite a popular product at the moment. I guess that the uh, the real uh, problem with these things is they're issued by um, some pretty big household names, things like uh, Woolworths, uh, and we've had some from IAG and Colonial. So, and there is a sort of uh, a feeling, I guess, from mum and dad investors that they are some sort of uh, you know they are massively backed by these companies as well, and they are, they rank ahead of a lot of other uh, instruments. Some of these uh, these hybrid instruments are um, somewhat complicated, and certainly the PDSs do need to be read thoroughly, and you have to be aware of the risks, because the risks, um, although uh, seeming 
certainly uh, not huge can be uh, a little bigger than people anticipate. So it's certainly wise to uh, to contact your broker or your financial advisor before plunging into these things. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, of course, anything in investing, any form of investing, even money in the bank, is a yes. risk of some form. Well, that's, I mean, that's right. I mean, if, if you look at, uh, you know, even if you put money in the bank on cash deposit, there's always a, a risk that the bank will go bust or there'll be a run on the bank. So nothing is risk-free. As they say, there's no such thing as a free lunch. You've been a very uh, keen, uh, uh, well, what's the word, very keen on a company called Brewer Energy. I what- have. What's this company all about? I've noticed that shares have shot up, and I'm sorry I didn't know about it uh, before they shot up, but that's no. the funny part of it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's always the way. I mean, I, I guess I was pushing them around 75 cents. They recently got to four bucks, which has happened in the last six months. And you but, sold uh, your 25 million? No, we shouldn't uh, be talking about I wish I had. I wish I had. I wish I'd had more. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I was a bit surprised they got the four bucks and was suggesting people above sort of $2.50 they start taking some profits. Got to take I profits. Mean, the, the real, the real uh, the key to this is that they have. A, a huge amount of acreage up in uh, the Canning Basin, which is in northwest Australia, up there in uh, just above the Pilbara. Um, they've had some very good success with uh, with their drilling up there with a couple of their prospects, um, and you know found an awful lot of what they call unconventional gas and oil. Um, it has potential to be uh, quite enormous. So there are um, you know some brokers talking about it as if it's the next Woodside. Yeah. Um, there are a few reports out from uh, some brokers, very very bullish. Um, the, the, I mean, the company's got a market cap of sort of seven or eight hundred million now, so Which it's not, not very big. Hmm. Well, it's not small, but it, it, it's, it's not very big either. But it's gone from sort of a pure specy to uh, something more substantial. They've got a very big uh, partner in the form of uh, Mitsubishi, which is uh, mm. partnering with them to uh, to fund the drilling campaign, and they have had a lot of success, which has rubbed off on a number of the other companies in the sector. Things like uh, New Standard uh, Oil Basins as well have been uh, very strong on the back of Buru's success. So it's all about um, you know the amount of gas that could be up there and the acreage they have which is quite substantial, and you look at what's happened in the U.S. with the prices that have been paid for uh, shale gas acreage, um, it's, it's significantly higher than they're paying for uh, in Australia. Henry, look, on behalf of our visitors, oh, sorry, on behalf of our listeners in 2NURFM 103.7 in Newcastle, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure, man. We'll see what's happening next week. Sure, great. Thanks for talking to you. Henry Jennings on 2NURFM.